Sometimes we go through storms, even when we're not expecting them, and uh, God is good in those moments. Every week I've been coming out, I've been reading from the end of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says uh, that the rain is going to come, right? The wind is going to beat against our house. It's going to happen, whether you're the wise builder or the foolish, storms are going to come. It's not a question of we're going to go through them. It's a question of whether or not we're going to grow through them. And, and so our hope, the reason we're doing this series, is because we have a deep belief as we have um, spent time with you all that life is hard and that everybody that walks through these doors is either going through something right now, <laughs> they've recently gone through something, or they're about to go through something. And our goal is to make sure that we are prepared and that we know how to deal with those things so that God might be glorified in us. And so uh, I'm going to ask for a few things. One, I'm going to ask that you grab a bulletin. Um, uh, if you didn't get one when you came in, uh, we, we take notes here. And so there are notes inside you can take. It's cool if you didn't grab one. Um, we also have digital notes, same way that the offering worked. If you'll open up your phone, open up the camera app, point at the QR code, uh, it'll, it'll take you to our digital notes. They're awesome. We love them. Um, but our goal is to take notes because worship is a participatory sport. Um, so when we sing, we sing. When we pray, we pray. When we give, we give. And when we study, we actually study together. We're going to take notes. We're going to talk about it. Those notes, by the way, include uh, if you're in a small group, which we will push here at the end of the service, uh, they've got discussion questions for your small group. If you're not yet, um, they've got discussion questions you can take home and talk about with your family. And so uh, we pray that you would make use of those. Uh, pray with me, if you don't mind, before we jump into God's Word. Father, be glorified in this. As we study your Word, Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and take your place in our pulpit and that you would lift up Jesus in our midst. We pray, Jesus, that you would teach us from the inside out who you are, who we are, and how we should respond when life gets really hard. We ask that in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, guys, one of my favorite passages in, in uh, Matthew 14 uh, so we're in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And if you've been around me for any decent period of time, I've probably preached on Jesus feeding the 5,000, I, I don't know, so many times. It is one of my favorite miracles ever. I don't have time to dive into all of it, but it is awesome. You should go back and read it. It's really cool. By the way, it wasn't just 5,000. That just was the count on the men. We had the women and the children well over 10. That's, that's a whole other day. But uh, this is what it says in verse 22. Okay, so they've just fed them all. They've just, they've just collected all of uh, the basketfuls of leftovers. In verse 22 of Matthew 14, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. This is the Sea of Galilee again. It says, while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray well into the night. Right, well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because of the wind uh, that was against them. Jesus came toward them walking on the sea uh, very early in the morning. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, Command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, 
you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly you are the Son of God. Truly you are the Son of God. There's four things I want to share with you uh, this morning. And here's the first. I think it's really important. Uh, it's that God's timing and methods often make us uneasy. All right? We're going to talk about storms in life, and this was definitely a storm. I want you to understand that God's timing and methods often make us uneasy. And so again, guys, we're transitioning from a miracle. Jesus has just fed over 10,000 people with five loaves and two fish, and night is coming. And as night is coming, the the text says, He makes the disciples get in the boat. He makes them. That word in, in the Greek involves force. I don't think He physically forced them, but I think He commanded them, Get yourself in the boat now. Right? And they're like, yes, sir. Uh, so he makes them get in the boat and, and head to the other side. He goes up to pray, and he is praying, the text says, well into the night. Meanwhile, the disciples are in the boat, and here comes the storm, right? And it, it says that they're, the, the boat is battered by the waves. It says that they are oppressed by the wind. Uh, that, that's the actual word. They, they are oppressed. The wind is literally uh, like, like an oppressor. It is completely against them. And, and they're fighting. And Jesus is just praying. And, and they're fighting. <laughs> and Jesus is just praying. And, and they're fighting. And, and Jesus is, is just praying. It doesn't seem that Jesus' timeline to reach them and their timeline to be reached exactly matches up. And we kind of get an inkling of this in the original language if, if we get into verse 25. It says this, it says in the fourth, this is the ESV by the way, I love the CSB, uh, it is a great translation, it gives us kind of a thought for thought in a lot of places and it gives us a, 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 a literal and some others, but sometimes it just misses words that are important. So this is the ESV, I'll use the King James a little later, we're going to just kind of, I want to point out some words to you that are important. Uh, So the ESV kind of shows that translation a little better. It says, In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. That's important. Uh, The fourth watch of the night uh, in biblical times meant between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So so our our text just said early in the morning. Well, 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. is is the fourth watch. So we're just kind of walking through this. We go, how long have the disciples been in this storm? How long have they been fighting the wind and the waves? How long have they felt like, oh my gosh, like, well, like we might sink, we might not. How long has this been going on? And, and so I would say they probably got in the boat around 7, right? As, as, as sun is beginning to set. Even if you wanted to say it was 8, that's cool, because the fourth watch starts at 3. It could be 4, 5, 6, whatever. And so if we start at 7, so they're in, the, they're in the boat and fighting the storm at 8. They're in the boat fighting the storm at 9. They're in the boat fighting the storm at 10. They're fighting the storm at 11. At midnight, they're still fighting the wind and the waves oppressed by the wind, right? Okay? At 1 and 2 and 3. We're, that's a full work day, and they've already worked all day. They've already worked all day. They are exhausted. And just now is Jesus going to show up. They got in the boat after supper and Jesus is just now coming. It's a full day work. It's eight hours. It's not their timeline. And how does Jesus come to him? Does Jesus come to them in like a galleon? A great boat to rescue them? Like, like, yes, here, just hop on board with me. We'll get across, no problem. No, Jesus does not. Jesus comes to them like a ghost on the water, right? 
<laughs> like literally, he just comes out to walking on top of the water and they are freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, it's a spirit. That can't really be him. So Peter calls out to him, Lord, is that really you? Lord, is that really you? And I, I, want, I want you to see how Jesus' timing and his methods make the disciples feel because this is important. They make us feel the same way. All right? It's in verse 26. It says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. When they saw him walking on the sea, when Jesus finally shows up in his time, in his way, it troubled them. Uh, the, the word in the Greek means to cause inward commotion. It means, get this, to take away one's calmness of mind. I've got another word for that. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've ever felt it. I don't know. Some of, I'm sure you guys have never felt it. I'm going to use it, though. Here it is. Ready? Anxiety. Anybody ever struggle with that? Yeah. They were anxious. That's what Jesus shows up and he's like, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Right? He, he, he's going to speak to this. He, he, he wants them to understand something. Remember, these are all learning moments for the disciples. They're still learning who Jesus is. And so he's teaching them, hey, listen, my ways are not going to be your ways. And I'm not always going to work on your timeline. And you're going to have to get used to it. And you're going to have to trust in me. That's what faith looks like. Faith looks like trusting in God when we don't know when or how he's going to work. But we believe that he will. Right? That's faith. Trusting Jesus to work even though we're not sure when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. So he says, don't worry, don't be anxious, don't be troubled. Listen to me, a big part of learning to follow God, you might want to write this down, a big part of learning to follow God is not allowing our inability to understand how and when he's going to work to take away our calmness of mind. A big part of learning to follow God is going to be not allowing our inability to understand how and when he's going to work to take away our calmness of mind. That's why he says, hey, be anxious about nothing. Right? Don't worry over and over in the Sermon on the Mount. He wants us to have faith in his ability to work outside of our own understanding. Okay? Second thing I want you to understand, guys. So first, God's timing and methods often make us uneasy. Number two, I want you to know that God controls nature, but he isn't restricted by it because he's God. He controls nature, but he's not restricted by it because he is God. So a big part of understanding our first point is understanding this second one. Uh, week one, Jesus calms the storm. You guys remember that? He's sleeping in the boat. Storm comes. They think they're going to drown. We, we did all the math on the buoyancy of the boat. It's kind of going under, right? They're trying to pill. Finally, they wake him out like, don't you care that we're going to die? And he's like, be still. And they are freaked out. They're like, who is this that he has authority over the wind and the waves? Who is this was their question. And that miracle is really cool that Jesus has authority over nature. But this one is even beyond that. Because this isn't about controlling the natural. This is about breaking every law we know of natural law. He's going to break our understanding of every natural law. Laws like gravity and, and buoyancy 
and surface it tension. Jesus is like, nope, those don't exist for me. Watch this. I'm going to walk on top of water. Hello? Right? He's going like, listen, I, I created everything. I reign over it. And so all those natural physical laws, I can defy them because, well, I can't tell you why yet. It's coming. Jesus is trying to show them something that's really important. That he can defy things. He can defy gravity. Right? He can defy the laws of buoyancy. He can defy the laws of surface tension. And guess what? It's pointing towards something else he's going to defy, which is the law of death itself. Jesus is not who they expected. He has power above what they can comprehend. That's who they're dealing with, right? So how can he do it? Why, why should we not be afraid? Why, why should we not be anxious, by the way? How, 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 can we, how can we trust in this Jesus? Well, the answer is in verse 27. Immediately, Jesus speaks to them. He says, have courage. Don't be afraid. And then look at that, that phrase right there in the yellow, highlighted. What does he say? It is I. It's another way to translate that specifically. He just says, don't be afraid. I am. I am is the name that God reveals to his kids in the Old Testament. Moses is, is being called by God to go be a deliverer for his people, right, that are, that are held captives in Egypt. And, and, and he's like, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh, and you better tell him to let my people go. And he's like, but God, I, I, I'm not a good speaker. And he's like, nope, you're going to go, Moses. He's like, well, who do I even tell them you are? Right? I mean, you're speaking to me out of a burning bush for crying out I? They're going to think I'm nuts. Do I just want some, some voice out of a bush? Said, he says, you go tell them I am. That's God's revelation of himself. He says, I am. We sing songs about that. The great I am. God says, you go tell them I am told them to let you go. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. You don't understand how this is going to work. I am. I am. I'm God. I've got this. I'm over this. Right? God controls nature, but he's not restricted by it because he is God. Third thing I want you to see is that when we listen to and trust God amid forceful opposition, and y'all, there will be forceful opposition. When we listen to and trust God amid forceful opposition, we can experience His supernatural power. We can experience His supernatural power. So I just want to set the scene for you of what Peter is stepping into. Alright? So, so in verse 24, it says the ship was now in the midst of the sea, and it uses two phrases. It says, it was tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary to it. So toss means harassed, it means distressed, it means tortured, and it means tested. That's what toss, that's what that word means in the Greek. And then it says, the wind was contrary to it. Contrary means against or opposed as an adversary. Y'all, that is what Peter is stepping into. Peter is stepping into harassment. He is stepping into distress. He is stepping into torture. He is stepping into a test. He is stepping into opposition. He is stepping into an adversary coming against him. That's what he, that when he gets out of the boat, that's what he's stepping into, right? And then, and then you, you got to, and listen, by the way, he steps into that 
And he walks over that. Hello? He, he, he walks in spite of that. On top of water, which is pretty stinking cool. We're going to get there in a second. All right? But that's not all he faces. Because then he gets, so that's the opposition he, the, the boat was facing. That's what he's stepping into. But then he gets slapped by something. You ever been slapped by life? Mm. Verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind was, now this is King James Version. I like this word. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. That word boisterous in the Greek, it means strong, violent, and forceful. So listen, he knew about the opposition. He knew about the test. He, he stepped into all that, and he was fine. And in the midst of all that, as he's experiencing the amazing power of God, then he got slapped by some violent opposition and it got his attention. I think maybe it was a wave that slapped him across the face. And that salt water got up his nose. That ever happened to you? And it got in his eyes. And he just be began for a second. And if you studied the language, it says that he, 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 he looks away from Jesus. Right? And when he looks, takes his gaze off of Jesus and looks at what he's surrounding, something in his brain said, what are you doing? You can't do this. You have that voice in your brain? You can't do this. You, you can't make it through this. No way. And he sinks like a rock. As he does, he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand and saves him. Now listen, uh, I think we spent a little too much time on Peter sinking. How many times have you heard this story, and that was kind of the primary, the primary purpose, right, was that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and he sank. Anybody? Come on. Right? Been in church. That's a, that's a primary way preachers preach it. Right? But can I talk about something we don't talk about enough? Can we go back to verse 29 for a second? Because Peter did something that only God has ever done. Are you ready? Look at verse 29. He said, come and climb out of the boat. Peter started walking on water. Peter, Peter, not God, not God in the flesh. Peter, dummy like me. Peter, yeah, who loves God like this some days and like this some days. Peter, the one that would deny Jesus. Peter walked on top of water. He broke the natural laws of gravity and buoyancy and surface tension. He experienced the supernatural power of God. And I just thought this week, I wonder how long he walked. How long do you... Do you some of you are negative Nancy's. You think he got two steps? I think Jesus was a long way off. I think Peter walked like a hundred yards, man. How cool would that be? He's so far out from the boat. He's like, oh my God. Like, and the disciples in the boat going, oh my gosh, why didn't we ask? Why didn't we say? Look at him. We get out now, we're toast. Look at Peter. Peter experienced the power of God. Don't miss that in the story. And here's why you can't miss that in the story. Because we can too. And it may not be physically walking on water, but listen to me. In life's storms, if we will cry out to God, and, and, and I've never known God not to tell me come when I cry out to Him. I think that's in the Bible. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And when we cry out to God and we hear His voice, it's my child, come. And, and crazy things begin to happen because problems that should naturally sink us, suddenly we are over. 
And we're standing on top of, and the rest of the world is looking at us going, how are you getting through that? And there we are defying gravity. There we are defying all the natural laws of hurt and pain and loss because we are fixed on Jesus and He is giving us power to overcome even some of the deepest hurts in life. Hello, Peter walked on water. Last thing I want you to see in the text. It's just this little remembrance because if you start getting out of the boat, <clears throat> you'll probably be like Peter. It's this, just remember that Jesus is faithful and He will catch you if you fall. Some of you are afraid of failing. I want to be really specific here. I use the word fall instead of fail. I don't think Peter failed at all. I think, I think Peter fell, but I don't think he F-A-I-L-E-D. <laughs> You want to know who failed? The other 11 dudes in the boat. They failed to ask God if they could come. They failed to experience His supernatural power. By the way, you know, Jesus says you don't have because you don't ask. Right? Facing a storm, what do you do? God, if it's you, tell me to come. God, call me onto the wind and the waves. Give me the strength to follow hard after you. Right? So, so Peter didn't F-A-I-L, but he did F-A-L-L. He did fall. He did take his eyes off of the Lord. Jesus does say to him, you of little faith, which speaks volumes to the guys left in the boat. So verse 29. Peter has already said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus says, come. Climbing out of the boat, Peter starts walking on water. He comes towards Jesus. And then... He faces that opposition. He gets slapped hard. Takes his eyes off the Lord. He starts to sink and he immediately cries out, Lord, save me! And, and I want you to see how quickly Jesus is there. Verse 31. And this is if Jesus calls you to something, he's going to see you through it. Verse 31. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? I wholeheartedly believe if, if we're listening to the Lord and He's called us to it and we're willing to get out of the boat, that when we fall, He will be there to catch us very quickly. Now, sometimes we just jump out of the boat without asking. You may have to tread water for a little while. You, you might be waiting on the Lord. He might be trying to teach you a lesson. Okay? Did I call you? Did I say come? And you're like, you like to get ahead of Him. I like to do that sometimes. So guys, here's our big idea this morning. I, I think it's important for us to to learn from this event um, because I don't know about you but this is something I want in my life I want you to know that storms can help us experience the supernatural power of God storms can help us experience the supernatural power of God so uh, I, I write on Thursdays I wrestle on Saturday nights kind of with uh, so 11:21 last night I, this this slide was blank apart from that, what you see, and I had nothing underneath it. I was like, Lord, what? what I, I, know, I know this is what you wanted me to preach on. What, what, what are you trying to say? It's kind of a big idea, Lord. And, uh, and I wrote down these words, 1121 last night. There is one that if you call out to him and he says, come, there is one that can give you the power to tread upon the very waves 
that should by all natural means sink you. There is one that if you call out to him and he says come, that has the power. He can give you the power to tread upon the very waves of life that should by all natural means sink you. That's what it's about, right? That's what it's, it's not that we won't go through storms. It's that they won't sink us. So what do we do with this morning's story? Peter walking on water. I think there's a few things. Number one, I want to challenge you to trust God's timing and ways. Trust God's timing and ways. So the disciples were troubled at Jesus' timing and they were troubled at how he came to them walking on water. It freaked them out. They were troubled. So, so again, we, we looked at that word. They, they were anxious. It made them anxious. Uh, that is our story, y'all. We want Jesus to work in ways that we understand. But can I ask you a question? Is that really what you want? How late have you stayed up trying to figure out your problem? And has it worked? Anybody? It hasn't, right? Do you really want Jesus then to, to work the same way that you could work? Do you want him to work on a level that you can understand? Do you want him to work with the power that you possess? I don't, because that ain't God. That's another person, right? I, I don't need another person. I need God. I, I need supernatural power from above. Step in, break up, raise up, hold up, save. Like that's, I need that in my life. I don't need another Jason. I need Jesus. Right? And so I'm, I'm going to encourage you, listen, don't be anxious about God. You've got to trust. You know, scientists are doing some really cool research right now. Maybe you've seen this, but they've, they've discovered there's one place in the brain that anxiety comes from, and there's, there's a competing thing that comes from this same part of the brain, and these two things can't happen at the same time. Do you know that? Okay. It's anxiety and gratitude. Anxiety and gratitude come from the same place in your brain and you cannot be anxious if you are grateful. They, they compete with one another, literally. Like these are people that study the brain, y'all, right? And Jesus says, be anxious about nothing. Don't worry about your life, right? Don't be afraid. So what can we be instead? Grateful. God, I am so grateful that you are a God that is with me through everything that I face. That no matter how hard this is, that I know that you're there. Thank you for walking with me through this. King Jesus, thank you for saving me. I'm so grateful that this isn't how my story ends. That even if I breathe my last breath today, that my story doesn't end, it just begins. From here on out, like, let's go. And that gratitude will silence that anxiety that we face if we can remain grateful. So I say to you again, trust in God's timing and ways. All right? Second, listen closely and get out of the boat when Jesus calls. Listen closely and get out of the boat when Jesus calls. Um, goes back to anxiety. It's back to fear. I'll tell you who it would really stink to be in the story any of the other 11. I mean, they saw some cool things. But you know what Peter always had on James and John? You know, they're always having those arguments over who's the greatest. Peter and James and John got to see some pretty cool, cool things. They got to see the transfiguration of Jesus up on the mountain where he shows him 
full glory. But you know what James and John didn't get to do? Walk on water. Peter, for the, I, I guarantee Peter told them about it like on a regular basis, right? <laughs> They're like, who's the greatest? Well, I don't know who walked on water. <laughs> Wasn't you. You don't know what that's like, do you? I don't know. Maybe that went on behind the scenes with the first sermon. We don't know. Peter's the one that spoke up. Maybe he said, you guys shouldn't talk. You didn't walk on water. Let me talk. I don't know. It's not in there. I don't want to miss out on the blessings of God because my own misunderstandings of how God could work or would work or should work keep me in a boat that's already being beaten up. Can I, can I be honest with you? Could we get real for a second? You're already getting beaten up. You already are. So why not trust Jesus? It's got to be better than what you're experiencing. Amen? Are you loving it? Is it awesome right now? You love all the thoughts in your head and the lack of sleep and, and the stress and the cortisone levels and your heart, chest pains? Like, I hate it. I hate it. And they're all reminders of me like, dude, you got to let go. What are you doing? I'm like, told, I told Hope that it, like, it was just like this week. I was like, oh, I'm having some pain. She's like, what, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I think I'm thinking too much about stuff I can't control. Gosh, we're dumb. Listen closely and get out of the boat. And so I say, Jesus, I need you to save me from this. And he says, come to me with all your burdens and you'll find rest. And when he says, come, I step out in faith and go, I'm trusting you. Man, I'm trusting you to provide for the church. I'm trusting you to provide for our future. I'm trusting you to keep doing what only you can do. And I'm just going to keep walking in obedience. I don't understand how it's going to work. I don't see it. But man, I'm so glad I don't because that means you're God. Right? It means you're God. Lastly, guys, I want to challenge you. As you walk in faith, <laughs> make sure that you cry out if you fall. Uh, you probably will. Um, even faithful servants get slapped in the face occasionally, and we're like, what? Uh, it, it's going to happen. I mean, you, you guys may leave here. You're like, oh, I'm on fire. Yeah, Jesus, I'm walking on water. These problems aren't going to get me down. You're going to set off all week. You're going to be prayed up. You're going to be uh, dressed in, in, in the full armor of God. You're going to be carrying the sword of the Spirit. You're like, let's go, Satan. And, and like Tuesday, whap. <sighs> what do you do? Well, you can either do one of these numbers, I'm such a failure, or you can just go, Jesus, help me. And just let him grab you and pull you up and say, hey, I got you. You want to try that again? You want to try that again? You want to try that again? All right. Guys, I know life's not easy um, at all. And I hope you know that this is a place that we can talk about these things safely. It's a place that you can come and, and we're here because we want to help bear your burdens. Not because we want to judge you. But we want to introduce you to the one that can give you the power to walk above the things that should, quite frankly, make you sink. His name is Jesus. If you would like to meet him today, I'll be down at the end of the service. I would love to talk to you about him. Somebody on staff, we can point you in the right direction. I want to thank you so much for being here. I'm going to pray. Uh, that God would bless you as we head out. And then we've got one special uh, giving opportunity, and then I'm going to hand you off to Catherine. Father, um, thank you for your word, which is good and endures forever. I pray this morning that you would help us receive it. 
I pray that you would move in our hearts in ways that only you can, God. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Um, guys, the end of every month, um, we, we want to kind of hit the pause button and remember what God has called us to do. So God, uh, we, guys, we're, I know some of you are, like, we are new for you. And that's awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here. You may think, man, did First Baptist Elgin just get here? No, we didn't. Um, we're a hundred-year-old church that used to be landlocked downtown across from the fire station. Uh, and, and God called us to move out here. And moving a hundred-year-old church is crazy. And it took a lot of faith. And some of that faith was financing, uh, quite frankly. And so we, we stepped out in faith and said, God, uh, we believe you've called us to reach the families of Elgin, Texas, uh, to, to be an agent of change and transformation, uh, teaching people, quite frankly, to love and, and learn and to live like Jesus. And that is, that is our whole, everything we do is now surrounded around that. And there's a lot of stuff we don't do anymore because we're so focused on that. Uh, guys, part of that call uh, was that we, we did take on the debt of this building. So we ask once a month, um, just kind of remind our members that, hey, this is, this is our all-in moment. And, uh, and, and our goal is to reach these families. The only way that happens is, is above and beyond giving, quite frankly. And so we want to give you an opportunity. Um, we call it Give Big Sunday. We'll put that up on the screen for you. And uh, so I'm going to pray one more time. We've got a QR code. If you feel led to, to give, we do it at the end of the month. We realize like, hey, by then, hopefully uh, you've paid all your gas bills and you've taken care of electric and the cell phone is done. And, and maybe you're like, hey, we, the Lord gave us a little extra and, and you want to give towards this. Uh, God is going to bless it, y'all. October 15th is currently our last, uh, is, is, it's as far out as my baptism schedules go. We've got somebody being baptized every single week up through October 15th. As of October 15th, when we finish that baptism, we will have baptized 21 people in 20 weeks. Right? And that is, that is 100% what the Lord has called us to do. That is that's just evidence of what He's calling us to do. Uh, last Sunday, we had 143 kids across the hall. We had 50 students on Sunday morning on the back porch. Like God is working. We've got 30 couples that are going through re-engaged. So if you would like to support that, and, and this is what I'm telling you, this isn't about a building. Yes, we're paying for a building, but we're paying for what happens in this building. And that is life change. And so if you'd like to give to that, I'm going to pray, and then Miss Catherine has some announcements. Father, um, thanks for this opportunity, and it is just that. Lord, I pray that you'd move on our hearts. Um, you know what our need is. God, and we, we need, you know, about, I don't know, 8500 bucks a month just to cover the principal on the building. And that's, 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 you can provide that. And so, God, we just come before you once a month, and we ask that you would do just that, that you'd move on the hearts of your people to give above and beyond, and, and that you take anything that's given. Even, I, I may have a high school student, they're like, I got five bucks to give to that. Man, take that five bucks and multiply it by like a thousand, God, because you can do that. And, and just, just move on our hearts. Bless those that give uh, and, and towards this, Father, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.